We're in the midst of discussing uh, dating. It's very relevant to many of us. And what you can disclose on, on dates, not the edible dates. This is uh, going out with members of the uh, absent gender these days, the same gender, whatever your preference. So, um, we, so the question is what you may disclose um, um, or what not you may disclose. Well, if you may disclose it, and it's something that needs to be disclosed and actually becomes obligatory to disclose, as we said. So again, based on the, just to review, based on the Sukkim in the Torah you have in Parshat Kedoshim, the Pasuk tells you, do not be a gossip monger. It's prohibited to say anything negative about anyone, to reveal confidential information or anything negative. No, wait, take away. Um, um, oh, um, about yourself? Um, that's a great question. There's a story with Rav Tzchayim, um where he said he was on a train traveling to home, back to his hometown, to Radin, and a guy sits down next to him. Rav Tzchayim, who seemed, he was a very simple guy, he wore a cap, he didn't wear a fancy rabbinic hat. So uh, the guy, he starts schmoozing with this Jew sitting next to him. He said, where are you going? He says, I'm going to Radin. So why are you going to Radin? He said, going to get a bracha from the Rav Tzchayim. Want to get a blessing from the Chavetz Chaim? He said, "Ah, Chavetz Chaim is not as it's not what people say he is. He's not uh, people make him out to be this big guy. He's not as big as uh, people say he is." So the guy got so upset he started pummeling. He started hitting the Chavetz Chaim. How could you talk about the, the Chavetz Chaim? How could you talk like that about it? So the Chavetz Chaim said when he came back to town, he said he, he learned his lesson from there. So he can't even speak lush an hour about yourself. <laughs> so he said, he said that was the story. But uh, I think oh, you're right. about yourself. You can. Not about your wife, sunshine. only about yourself. You can or you can't? You may, you may, I think it's okay. Not about your wife, about yourself. How are you? Welcome. Feeling good. Okay, so 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 again, so then, at the juxtaposition of that very same verse, the end of that sentence says very clearly, so many understand that to mean that, uh, that, uh, the, the verse is telling you, don't speak Lashon Hara, but... Of course, nevertheless, in a case where you have to, you could save someone's life or danger to their life or money or whatever else you may save, their marriage, then of course it's permitted to speak Lashonar. Okay, so there's a lot of neverthelesses in that second half of the verse, even though the verse specifically seems to be talking about danger to life, but rescue, but that's already codified in the Rambam and others that any time you are able to save someone, not only their life, but you know, do do something which can save them, let's say, from going to jail or um, uh, whatever it is, testify in court, which will help them. Um, <coughs> things like that, you have an obligation to do it based on this very same verse of rescue. So rescue doesn't all mean rescue to life. It means rescue to their financial uh, situation, to their marriage. In this case, as we're going to see. But you can't lie to keep somebody from going to jail. No, we're not talking about lying. No lying. Okay. No talking lie. about are you revealing negative information quote-unquote, information which normally you wouldn't be allowed to reveal. You become obligated to reveal when it can save someone from jeopardy. We'll see whatever that jeopardy is. So saving someone, by the way, and this is what we'll discuss here, that's what I'm getting to, he speaks it out very clearly. I found a new response, which discussing saving someone from a bad marriage is also, that's a very great thing. Um, okay. That's one of the biggest rescues you can do is preventing someone from getting into a bad relationship. Um, again, it's as we mentioned in the past, very a lot of gray area. But he he's discussed a specific case here which I want to discuss, where an obvious medical issue 
where he says unequivocally you are obligated to reveal it. So the case he was asked about was... Um, you save someone from getting into a bad marriage, then somebody else gets into the marriage. Are you responsible for that? You got that other person into that marriage. <laughs> No, no, I'm saying so. If you, anyone you know getting into a bad relationship and you have information which could save that person from that yes. bad marriage, then you should reveal it. Right. It doesn't and have to then be someone you know. else gets into that marriage. What do you mean? Are you responsible? Another no, you should stop whoever. I mean, it, you stop listen, it doesn't one. mean you have to quit your job and, and, and yeah. you know, send out the, uh, emails for everyone. That, you know, right. I mean, but it means if you know someone, <laughs> someone approaches you and says, what do you know about this person? You're obligated to reveal it again if it's unequivocally going to save them from bad marriage. If, yeah. As we discussed last week, there's a lot of gray areas. That's why you need, that's why you need a guidance, show. someone like Ron who can help explain. <laughs> Even if you're not asked. Don't come. Even if you're not asked. So let's, let's see. He's going to address that. So the, the, this is the response that was written in 1983. How are you? Say, you see, right next to the teacher. Morning. Um, so come, come, join us. We'll make room for you. There's plenty of room. So he said like this. You and when you fall asleep instead of me. Oh. <laughs> Please hit him when you fall asleep. So he said like this. This, this is written in 1983. The question was posed um, to, to this Rabbi Waldenberg, who was the Rabbi of Shea. He was the Rabbi across the street from Shahid Tzedek. So he got many questions such as this. The question that had the title on the sponsor is Bachura, a single a woman, um, she does not have her, re her reproductive organs. She doesn't have any reproductive organs. She doesn't have a womb. I'm not sure what an artic is. I think it means the vaginal canal is is missing even. Um, I'm not sure what these terms are. Someone wants to look them up in Hebrew. Different parts of the female reproductive tract. Shachalut. Shishin chet lamed vav tav. Well, that's all she has. Um, and he says, But they did create a vaginal canal, a um, plastic surgery. They created for a vaginal canal. Okay, so all she has is ovaries, but she doesn't have any of the other female reproductive organs. Um, and uh, they created, he says, through plastic surgery, a, a nartic, which I'm assuming means a vagina, but let's Artic. check. Nartic means an envelope. Sound, uh, Sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> How are they spelling Nartic? Nartic. Not Arctic. Arctic is ice cream. Yeah, I know. Nartic. That term is called male pseudohermaphrodite. No. Yeah, well, we'll see. Nartic. Almanac, yeah, so they vagina. Vagina. Okay, so they created for her a <coughs> vagina through plastic surgery in order to that she should be able to have marital relations. Um, giving birth, it's clear she will never be able to do that. Um, so the question posed was, is it obligatory on the physician to reveal the bachur she was engaged at the time? Is and uh, uh, does he have to reveal it to her fiancé in order to prevent a, a michshol from happening without any violation of lashanar? So that was the question that was posed to him. So what would you say in this case? Does the doctor have to reveal to her fiancé that she can never have children and she has a plastic vagina? If he knows the fiancé well, was asked. 
Well, I, I still have fundamental problems if the two people who are potentially going to get married can't talk about any of their own issues, well yeah. then mm -hmm. I'm not sure why we're relying on the exactly. rabbi. Not the rabbi. The <coughs> or this other doctor. doctor who I'm Yeah, whomever. not the rabbi. Don't mix in rabbis. No rabbis involved. So <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> if they can't mention it to each other, then... I, then there's a problem with the relationship. There's a problem anyway. Right. So <laughs> well, presumably, legally, you can't reveal that, but halachically, you almost certainly have to. I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer the legal sense. But now there's another. Huh? Now there's a completely different approach nowadays, right? Because you just said, according to whatever gender you want. Yeah, but there's no, a I didn't say that. That was a joke. That was a joke. That wasn't a rabbi. No, I'm not saying it. That was a joke. I'm not saying it's compatible. I'm saying that. So then, no, but I'm saying it's not a gender issue. She is a female. I mean, he's saying. How do you know that? That doesn't seem to be on the discussion. She has functioning ovaries. Yeah, she could have children. Functioning ovaries. She doesn't have functioning ovaries. So she has ovaries. We don't know. Yeah, it doesn't say whether they're functioning or not, but she has ovaries. She's classified as female, it would seem like. I don't think that's the question. The question is not what gender she is. That's not the issue. The question is, she clearly will not be able to have children naturally. Okay, so the question is, is that something that needs to be revealed to the future spouse? Okay, and they're already engaged, it would seem like. Yeah. Actually, technically, in this day and age, 2000, almost 20, she, if the ovaries happen to be functioning ovaries, she could have children. She just couldn't have them in her womb. Yeah, okay, that's what I said. Naturally, she can't, she can't carry a baby. Yeah. In 1982, yes, yeah, could have happened also. In 1983, also. What she actually has is understand the testes, because she's a YY female. That means she has no receptors for testosterone, so she looks like a female. She might just have the hormones and not the... It's all speculation. We don't know. That's not the point. She's male, female. I mean, if she's male, it could be a lot other conditions. To me, it sounds like a feminizing or a discussing that. So, okay, so what... It's irrelevant what she has. That's not relevant to the issue. The question is, does... No, no, no. The question is, does the doctor have to reveal to her fiancé that she can't have children. Can't. So why she can't have children, wh who cares? Maybe, whatever, it's irrelevant. The point is she can't at this stage of the game. Logically, yes, legally, legally no. no. What's legally, she can't. You know you're a lawyer? No. Legally, It depends which day, the Israel. I don't know which... Else. We're not discussing the legal aspects. What determines? We're talking about the halachic aspects. Okay, it's irrelevant. What is the gender? Why is gender relevant? You might like unsure gender. If you were a Kohen, it would be no, obviously, right? What is a Kohen? Why we? Because, because you, in order to be a Kohen, you have to have your complete. Anatomy. No, she's not a she's, Kohen. She's, 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 yeah. she's a female here. You said she's a Kohen. No, but <coughs> in order, in order for the Kohen to marry no, somebody, no. they have to be oh, that's able. Oh, able to what? I mean, the kids is irrelevant to a Kohen. Kohen doesn't have to have children. He chooses not to. I mean, it's a mitzvah yeah. to have children. <laughs> well, in this case, she knows. In this case, she knows. She knows she know. that she well, can't. Clearly. Right? Because in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Torah, they got married and they didn't know. Eventually they did. But yes, by the way, interestingly enough, that's, that's a very good point. Uh,
Manny, awesome. This week's parasha just to connect it. Manny just reminded me um, that this week's parasha is parasha Vayetze, where Rachel, once again, we have a case of, of infertility. We had last week was Rivka. The week before that was Sarah. And Yitzchak, mm-hmm. yes, let's not leave out the males. This week we have Rachel um, is also infertile. She says, uh, I'm not going to die if I don't have children. Right? Um, so, um, why is that connected? Because the Gemara does say, at least about Sarah, that she also didn't have a womb. It says Sarah did not have a womb. It says Rechamein, that's what the Gemara says. Um, it's not explicit in the Torah. The Torah says, um, Sarah Akara in Lavlad. It says double language. So the Gemara understands what's the double. She was infertile. She could not have children. Obviously, if she's infertile, she can't have children. Okay, this is before IVF. and right. So the Gemara understands. It's telling you there's two problems. She didn't even have the ability to have children, meaning that she was just infertile, right, as you said. So So what's the Gemara's answer for her? That she got pregnant? Angels. Oh, somebody uh, are you talking about Leia now did not no. have the... No, uh, not Leia uh, was fine. Uh, Leia was the only Ron, foremother I'm that sorry. was an infertile. You talk was Leia. Sarah, Sarah. Ron, I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about Sarah, but this week's parasha is about Rachel. Ra- so Rachel, uh, we see, um, also, I'm just saying, I don't remember Ron, what it says no Rachel's problem was. Um, Rachel it might Jeez. say she was what's called an islandess, which is similar, meaning <coughs> didn't have, uh, what's the word you used before? Uterus or ovaries. No, no, she had uh, male... Yeah, something. Yeah, Islandess, which means she, she that that tennis player. I forgot her name. Many years ago. Renee Richards. No, older one. Billie Jean King. Billie Jean King. Yes. Sorry. She's just what, what No, no, no. Billy, look her up. Billie Jean King had some type of. She was supposed. Unlucky. She was supposed to be a beautiful woman. She was. <coughs> That's, a of, uh, That's a matter of opinion. That's a matter of opinion. But uh. <laughs> well, it's a matter of record on the Torah. I, I, I don't remember it saying anything about record except that. About what? Her womb was closed, that there was no... Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying the Gemara. Yeah. I don't remember what the... It could be you're right, I don't remember. Just bring it in, he connected it. Happens to be connected with special. It's Billie Jean King. Her disease So was. they did a uterus uh, transplant for a for Sarah. When the no, I mean, it's miraculous. We don't know what happened exactly. What when the people came and we don't know how miracles and met uh, with Abraham. Yeah, I don't think actually, they operated. They were actually uh, physicians <laughs> and surgeons. Wow, so while they were talking, they went and did <laughs> no, the surgery. Ron, what's going on? Against Billy Jenkins, what's her problem? Type two diabetes. <laughs> so far, that's <laughs> what I've got. <laughs> well, I <didn't> got <laughs> medical but I want to tell you that today the okay. the, the Williams sisters wouldn't beat the number two hundred and fifty in okay. the world. Okay, Manny, we're not talking tennis. Talking Torah. Okay, so we're so let's move on while we're waiting for the <laughs> survey results. Okay, so you're, you're asking about her sexuality? Yes, she had some type of sexuality issue. She's just disease. a homosexual. No, 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 no. There was something else. Okay, whatever. Part of the mill homosexual, all right? That's what you're saying. Um, she's just like the question is: okay, so if a woman can't have children and she knows it, is she required to, to disclose yes. it? Uh, but, uh, it, yeah, she is, sure. Question is, if she's not disclosing, is the doctor obligated to disclose it? So I'm going to read you the question. Oh. That was just the title. Now the oh, question. Oh, the doctor. Anime says the, this is the one who's asking the question. His name is Dr. Yaakov hmm. Mamat, who was in charge of the, uh, the OGB, whatever, uh, uh, division in Petcholim Kiritsan's Laniato Hospital in Antania. 19... 
83. I hope that Kvodo, uh, your honor, meaning the rabbi, Zachreinu Beis, you remember me, Beis Avodotel, Beit Cholim Shari Tzedek, you remember me from when I worked in Shari Tzedek, Kirofi Machlek and Nashim, as the doctor in the, uh, in the women's division, Kiet, Ani Oved, Beit Cholim Naliado, he's giving his background, Chemer Rapat Purius, and also in the fur, um, how do you say, fertility section, whatever, in the, uh, Whatever that is, but my pamak has it in the main clinic. Shakubat Cholim Rapet Zamanuf Tel Aviv. He works in two in a hospital in a, in a fertility clinic. Pachrona Nimtzat Bitipulenu. Lately, we found a patient in our care. Isha Ravaka. Ravaka means single. Past 19, a 19-year-old woman. She pansa Lenu Biglal Ihofad Vestas. She came to us because she wasn't having her period. Bimiskeret um, Abdikut. Um, once we, we started checking her, <coughs> she didn't have a vagina, a vaginal canal, nor a, a womb. Ella shachlus bavad, ovary, only ovaries. All she had was ovaries. Zeu zuhe zuhi tasmonit nidira hayudua bisfarot. He says this is a known disease in the textbooks. Textbook case of, doesn't say the name of the disease, but it's a known in the textbooks. Since she is ready to get married, after we explained her the problem, exact notes in detail, she requested from us, from the doctors, um, to perform surgery which would give her a vaginal canal, in order for to be able to have normal marital relations. Who's below explained to Beferish? She explains so explicitly, she'll never be able to have children. Not sure what the word means. But then we, we did yeah, surgery on her. Yeah, thank you. We operated on her. Hanituach, she operated on her. Hanituach, the operation was successful. Medubar Benartic TV. He says, and no one would be able to tell that this was not a natural vaginal canal. <coughs> Such a great surgery. Nobody. So, the the, uh, single man who is with her, who is ready to get married to her, he knows nothing of his wife's problems, his fiance's problems. And the woman requested from us with all pleading, um, please do not say anything to my fiancé when he comes to the office. Okay, with me. So he's coming on a visit with her, but she's telling him she just has a... There is a case syndrome that, by the way, does this. It's okay. so rare. What's this? It's called the meyer rakitensky kuster hauser syndrome. Say that in English. Exactly. It just means that the vagina and uterus are underdeveloped or absent. Although the external genitalia are normal, it's affected women usually do not have menstrual period due to absent uterus. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. But, um, Say it again, what's the name? It's a long... What was somebody's name? The uterus of the Rokotansky. the big biopsy when you autopsy. Why? That's called a Rokotansky. Oi. 
He's a pathologist. He's obviously a prominent guy at some stage. Rokitansky? He must be. Okay. He's a traditional autopsy, big Y incision. It is Rokitansky. One in 4,500 biopsies is called a Rokitansky. That's an XY incision. They name it after the first That's pretty serious. A genesis is probably very rare, but the underdevelopment. So you're familiar with Rokitansky. And you said the uterus, ovaries, and vagina were atrophic. Not no, the ovaries. Jamie the uterus, we're talking about the uterus and the vagina. Oh. The ovaries. Well, the vagina is external testosterone, but doesn't work. They don't say about the vulva, they're talking about the vagina. And it says it can be underdeveloped or absent. She's the bionic woman. No, no, that's someone else. She was in true life. Rabbi, when was that report you were reading? 1983. The gonads or testes, and they got to be removed because Understand the test has become malignant. Right. Yeah. If they can't the test, be brought there's down, there's no understand the test in this case. No, this is this is a female. This is this is this is is no, I'm saying, but it's not what he said. So it's not. This is a different case. No, this is a different this, case. Yeah. This is ovaries. No uh, male issues here. So they don't, no, they don't have male genitalia. No, I'm saying understand the testes. In this case, it doesn't have that necessarily. Well, but unless they open up and take a look and take a biopsy, they can't tell. 1983, they could take a look. 1983? 1983. Nobody opens today. So anyway, this woman requested from the doctor, please do not reveal this to my fiancé. Shalti michlodohi. So my question to the to your honor, meaning to the rabbi, is is it my obligation to tell the fiance? Even if he doesn't ask us, what is the future? What's his wife's future? Or only if he comes and asks us explicitly um, to what's the story? Can she have kids? Is there a difference between this problem, this question? Um, this dilemma and dilemma about someone who has some type of uh, <coughs> STD or something. The medical plane is is right before getting married. Because you already ruled for us in that case that I do have to tell the fiance. So is this the same? Is this disclosure the same as revealing some communicable disease that the fiance has or not? Which seems like the, the rabbi had already ruled in the past that you have to reveal that to fiance. He move on. He goes on to explain his question uh, questionnaire. It's understood. The same question would apply on the male side. We're not sexist. Let's say you knew where our patient was a male, and we knew he clearly cannot have children. Um, where his, his testicles, some type of problem with the testicles. There's nothing that can be fixed. In that situation, the same question would apply. So he's asking both ways. It's not limited to when the female has the problem with what about the male can't have children. Would we have to um, reveal to the ears of the maiden to, to, uh, that's, that's ready to get married, who's engaged to be married, in order to remove the mikshal, the stumbling block in front of her. Dr. Yaakov Mehmet, Chlekin Nashim Kiritsans, Lenayado Hospital in Tanya. Tshuva, okay, so the Tshuva was written um, a month later. This actually was in Kislev, 1983. Tshuva was written, the response was written to the doctor a month later. Um, he says like this. So, Karat Mikhtavo, Tabalti Lifnei I received your letter 
this was before email, I don't know, he didn't have email, before, a few days ago, I will answer you on your question. According to my opinion, the, the doctor has to reveal to the, to the, to the guy, the defect of the, of the woman, even though it never occurred in his mind to ask the question, he, I don't know, he doesn't sound like such a smart guy. <laughs> never, he says, never entered his mind to ask the question about her situation. Because he doesn't know all the details. And also the, the, uh, the woman asked explicitly not to tell him. Do not listen to her. And the same would apply if it was the opposite. That he was infertile. And the, the, the fiancé his, his future spouse does not know. He'd um, be obligated to tell the, the fiancé. I'll explain it according to Allah. So I'm not going to, it's like a, two pages there, but I'll just read you the punchlines, the main points that we didn't discuss already in the past. Because he starts from this concept, um, he brings the Ramam that says that you're obligated to reveal, like we said, in all cases where it could save someone, whether it's it's um, whatever the situation is, not just about life-saving measures. When the Torah says, as we mentioned in the beginning of the class, it's not only referring to life, saving a life, it's uh, whatever if someone is, is being mugged or while it's getting stolen, you're able to prevent that from happening, you have to prevent it. Again, not at the risk of your own life, that's a whole different question. Not for this class, um, but you are whatever you can do to help someone. If uh, if a if uh, you know there there's a leak, let's say your neighbor went on vacation, they're on a cruise, and you see water coming out their front door, right? Because something their their toilet's overflowing, and you have you have the keys to the house, you could stop it. You are obligated to go and do that to save the monetary loss to your neighbor. Says the Rama. That all comes from this verse in the Torah. So he says, and it's ruled in Shochanach, rules accordingly like the Rambam. He says, therefore, he says, going back to our case, after he brings all the halacha, that you're obligated to rescue, as in our situation, is there any loss greater than this? Someone who wants to trick a guy into, into getting married, Heavy told us, I'll never be able to have uh, children in his life. He won't be able to fill the mitzvah and to, and to be involved in Tikkun Olam and building the world. Behold, says, imagine if he finds out afterwards that she did not disclose this to him, as we mentioned in the past, and and uh, what kind of terrible situation that would be. He can get sick physically from it, or mentally for sure. He's going to need therapy for the rest of his life. Um, and now, because of his lack of knowledge, he's following her like a puppy. Um, He's a, a puppy to the slaughter. He's saying, basically, you're making. If you don't reveal it, this guy's following around like like a like a a, a animal going to the slaughter. He's using poetic language here, which I'm not sure I can translate completely. Something that uh, like some bird 
breaking a barrel. Keep it natural, and he has no idea what's going on. Would it enter anyone's mind? Not to reveal this to the fiance? He says, It's clear to me, there's no question according to Allah. Anyone who knows about this situation, and does not reveal it to warn him about it. To Pashit Omed al there's no question he's standing on this person's blood. So this is the classical case of the Torah, You can save this guy from so much future suffering. You, you have to do that. You're obligated to do that. Okay, now okay. it's his choice, by the way. He can marry, he can decide. He wants to marry her afterwards, but, but you have to, he needs to be aware of the situation. I was just going to ask you though, does the man love her? Or the thought of her having his children. Either way, if he, he loves her, could be he loves her, but there's uh, certain uh, things you know, that might override his love. If you had the love to give. Yes, so, but, the, but the point is, he needs to be able to make that informed decision. Well, um, he's not a very good person if he's. Excuse me, I didn't just say that. But no, I don't think so at all. No, uh, what do you mean? If he wants to have children naturally, I mean, yeah, children. I'm saying, could be he loves her, but certain things might override love, believe it or not. So I think yeah. that. It, in the case with the spouse, Esther uh, tells the doctor, "Don't reveal anything about me." I think he's bound by that today. Really? today. Yeah, she's if taking responsibility on herself. Okay, so he's going to discuss. He says, "Listen, you have to convince her." He discusses that at length. How you should try many other methods first by threatening her and, and etc. In order for her to reveal it. But we're talking about at the end of the day. If she doesn't, he says, then you I don't think you owe anything to uh, your non-patient. You know, we're talking about the Torah you owe to God. So God tells you you have to rescue someone. It's the same thing when you're driving down and you, someone's drowning, you don't know anything to that. You don't have to save them, but if you can, Dude. you're able to save them. The well, Torah obligates you to save but it does, them. It does raise an issue. How much risk can you take? That's, like, a, that's a different question yeah. to your job. Do you have yeah, exactly. to lose How my much life? Risk can we'll get to that. That's a different you're question. You're going to get sued and lose. Yes, that could, that's a different issue. Is that a doctor or a lawyer you're speaking as? Hmm? Are you speaking as a lawyer or a doctor? Neither one. As a lawyer, either one. It's, it's complicated too because there wouldn't complicated. be a law like this in the Torah if people were inclined to do what they're suggesting you do. But most people don't want to get involved. So if people were inclined to get involved, say, like the rabbi, this is terrible, you must reveal it because you'd be screwing this guy over, you must reveal it. But most people say, you know, not my problem, I don't want to get involved. That's human nature. Which is perhaps why they have this law in the Torah. So, so rescue. I mean, any rescue is the same thing. Yeah, no one wants to get involved. Sitting on the plane and you're watching a movie and someone's having cardiac Except arrest. Right. Chuck on the food. You don't exactly. want to get involved. Exactly. Most people, you're going to want to finish movie. my movie. You're right. <laughs> 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 the the movie. That the last digit on your pinky is more important to you than somebody else's life. Speak for yourself. That's human nature. So you, yes, no, no the question. The Torah is coming to tell you, yes, that's human nature. In a stranger's life, maybe. Yeah, okay. even, uh, listen, there's that famous poll from, uh, what's the name? Uh, the conservative talk show, it's the Jewish guy. Prager. Rush Limbaugh. No, Prager. He, where he did a poll of high school kids in San Francisco. Makes sense. Okay. And, uh, a dog they, or a stranger. Right, was, if you're on a bridge and your puppy falls off the bridge and a... And a stranger, who you, who would you save? You can save only one of them. He's basically ninety percent said they'll save their puppy before they save the human stranger. Why? It's oh, human nature. Yeah. It's not human nature. Yes, it is. I, I, don't mean, I hate to break it. Your puppy is more important than a stranger. Most, most people <laughs> save the pet rather than the stranger. No, it's it's just 
education. Puppies Nobody important. No, puppies are important. If there's an old man and a child walking in front of your car, what do you hit? Brakes. Don't hit anyone. What do you hit? <laughs> you, you hit, hit the, the brakes. brakes. Okay, so so again, I'm not going to go through all. He, he's very very strongly worded here. He also shows how a terrible marriage is uh, worse than a could almost be as bad as death. Um, terrible relationships. So he's saying you're putting this person into. Wonder what his wife would say about this response. Is <laughs> uh, in a bad situation. Don't answer that. Um, so he goes through that. Um, I'm not going to go into all the gory detail here about marriage, but he says He says oh, again. He 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 stresses that the uh, same would be the opposite way. He's a bacharaf. He have a male fiance. He wants to um, deceive his fiance. That she won't have the ability to have children naturally through him. Um, someone who's aware of this about an engaged couple or dating and and he's and he's not revealing it to her you have to reveal it to the woman and the same applies in both both ways it's a two way street does he get to risk one second I don't know it sounds it. like they're condoning premarital sex hmm? then you can test all these things before you get married you can be able to tell it's yeah, a yeah, fake vagina. I mean, a real vagina. <laughs> it might lead to that conversation. I like it. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> so you get, I, don't, I don't understand what you're saying. Ron. No, no my, my, sex, I do have a question. Yeah. Okay, we're talking about medically mm -hmm. tests. Premarital sex is not going to tell you if you have children. So using protection usually in premarital sex. Right, so it's irrelevant. It's not going to tell you about the future of the couple. It's about the guy, if he's unable to get an erection, if he's oh, unable to actually perform. Yeah, you could say he's nervous. I had, I had many I had other reasons. That you know, I've had some transsexual patients. So, like, why would We've nobody else know medical students that she got they don't a, a plastic surgery? So I've asked them. Because she's able to afford it all. You know what, transsexual Socialized medicine is Socialized medicine. Well, socialized medicine. Israel. 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 Um, problems of a generation is people are so from that we can't speak Lashonara even when you have to speak Lashonara. So he mentions that, which again is a very important point, especially when it comes and I've <coughs> been involved in cases with, with uh, someone's a danger to the community, child molestation, you have a potential child molester, things like that, where it becomes obligatory. You need to warn parents, you need to, even at the <coughs> expense, yes. You're not sure it's true, but pe parents have to be warned in schools okay, and in schools. So that's so he's so he's bemoaning and it's human this nature. Fact. Speaking lotion hardware is going to harm somebody. Everybody does that. Speaking lotion hardware actually somebody. helps somebody. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what he says. He says it's human nature. Quoting the Pischetu, which is again a commentary, seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, I believe. All the Sufei Musr talk about the terrible sin 
and the punishment for the sin of Lashon Harav. I want to warn the world about the opposite. Avon Godel, great sin, which is found even more prevalent. In a place where you have to talk about things that can save someone from, from a guilty party. When in Mammon, whether it comes to, to monetary issues, um, was a returning a lost object. Again, like we said, if you can save someone from monetary distress, you have to do that. When it comes to marital, uh, to, to mating, uh, mating, that's a bad word. Um, yeah, what, was right. <laughs> what was the word I'm looking for? Dating, mating, dating, it's all. <laughs> <laughs> he knows this guy, the person's dating, is a terrible person. Bulyal. And is a is a ruffian. The rally tchatenimah who make the worst husband possible. Kulam bechal hashavas gufa mimono. He says, Dad, do you have an obligation to reveal? Everyone talks about the sin of lajnara. There's a major sin of not revealing when you're able to save someone from future suffering. Yeah. You're harming the person who, like the the, the woman who has uh, incomplete female genitalia. Not harming. Well, what do you mean harming? This she can find someone who doesn't want to have kids, someone who's married already, who in the past who had children who's not interested in having children. So there's plenty of people, a lot of fish in the sea. You're but, not, you know, you're not necessarily harming them by forcing them to confront the truth. I mean, she's hiding the secret. Who knows how she feels yeah, about her secret? She, if she confronts, like Ron said, there's a problem in the relationship know. if she's not being open with her yeah. potential spouse. Yeah, well, that's a big problem. She's causing the problem. Maybe she'll discuss. The guy will agree. If not, the uh, you can't hide something in a relationship. Speak now or forever hold your. Uh, be quiet, be, be nice. What is it they say? Your lack of peace. Speak now or forever hold your. I did four peace. weddings and a funeral <coughs> in a movie where Hugh Grant was going to get married and his deaf brother. Uh, oh, <laughs> he raises his hand and starts signing. <laughs> so now, so he goes out of again. I'm skipping a lot of it um, due to um, we need to move on at some point in our lives. Um, but uh, so, so before the risk, so he discusses many. He discusses another issue here, which we haven't addressed yet, which is really a whole different topic, but it's very relevant, sort of a segue into it. But it's the same question, which is there's there's also the issue when you're a physician or an attorney where you took an oath to uphold your confidentialities. So the assumption is, again, he's going there. In those days, physicians did take Hippocratic oaths. Um, I don't know if it's so long, no, so they prevalent. They a modified Hippocratic oath, which said, doesn't, says you should respect people and don't do anything bad, but no specifics. No, I'm saying which is like about, uh, um, mm. here, I'm just reading, Googled an article, it says the Hippocratic Oath, still relevant after 2,400 years, question mark. Irrelevant or relevant? Still relevant after 2,400 years, it's that's the question. So it says here that, um, <coughs> excuse me practice modern medicine. Okay, so, so the question is, I don't know if it's the most doctors, 81% said they found the Hippocratic Oath very or somewhat meaningful according to the poll. Majority, 62%, believe that the traditional oath should be preserved, but 28% said it should be revised or replaced, while 9% said it should be dropped. Some medical schools use an alternative oath and has a new tradition at some, including Harvard Medical School. Each class of students writes its own oath. What uh, year it's is like this? Duties, yeah. You know, they play guitar. What year is this? The report said, but for many doctors, one second, let me just finish the sentence. Okay, involves Greek goddesses and gods, dresses only male doctors. It's totally out of. This is January 26, 2017. So the female doctors can. 2017. I can say in 1993, 150 medical schools were surveyed, 
use it's actually 146. Only one what? Only one use the original Hippocratic oath. Yeah. Okay, but it's, the point is, yeah, in the Hippocratic oath, one second. So the, the he, point is, is these doctors have no idea what's in the Hippocratic oath. Okay, so I can recall having taken it up. I mean, there was a South bloody Africa, little dumbass. Yeah. And of those Hippocratic oaths, only 14% uh, were opposed to euthanasia, which was in the original. 3% were opposed to Okay, 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 okay. One thing. No too much here. information. TMI, okay, one never thing. Mind. No, I'm saying the, the <laughs> issue here is when you take the Hippocratic oath, in the oath, it talks about confidentiality. You will not reveal. Tell me how the language I'm telling you, it doesn't, the, the modified Hippocratic oath doesn't, doesn't have, have any specific. Anything about confidentiality? It talks about respect for people. It talks about dignity, respect human dignity. It doesn't have any specific. I know exactly what it said. Related. Yeah. Okay, so I, I write okay, I the bottom line is, so if someone, if you have a student who took an oath not to reveal confidentialities, so is this a problem? Because we're saying, allegedly, as we said, you have to reveal it. So before we get to the monetary issues, you might lose your license, you'll be sued, etc. The question is, is it a is a violation of taking it? You took an oath, and now you're going to violate your oath. Because in the oath, it says you can't reveal confidentialities. Assuming you took that out in your ancient uh, old fashioned. So he says, um, so by the way, he says at the end of the response, he also says that even if they're already married, you have to reveal it. Um, in that case, Osef Olaver, um, okay, so now he says, he said like this, so, he, so this is a very important topic, so when I see it's relevant to other questions. So he says like this, he says, uh, th getting in the question of oaths, now he starts, starts talking about the oath. So he says, the Ramah rules, it's a Ramah, it's actually in the Shulchan discusses a case where someone swore not to reveal something that can save his friend from a great loss. Having Nishbalavatal Mitzvah, the Ramah, who uh, was one of the, was the, basically the, one of the authors of the Shulchan Aruch, almost, he amended to the Shulchan Aruch, to the Code of Jewish Law, he writes that the, the Allah is like this, if I take an oath, let's say, not to keep Shabbat, not to observe Shabbat, or to yeah. eat cheeseburgers, it's not a valid oath, halachically speaking, because you can't, since we all swore at Sinai, okay, to uphold all 613 commandments, that the uh, Torah implies that every single Jew and future Jew was at Har Harsina, even someone who converts in the future, was there at Sinai. Their soul was there, and we all took an oath to uphold everything in the Torah. So therefore, the halach is, it's what the, it's the concept called Ein Shua Chalal Shua. That means one oath cannot hold on top of another oath. It means if I swear to, to drink this coffee in 30 seconds, and then I swear right afterwards not to drink this coffee, yeah, um, period. I swear to drink this coffee, and then I swear five seconds later not to drink it. So what do I do? I'm stuck now. If I drink it, I violate my health. If I don't drink it, I violate my health. So I'm stuck. Then it's, Forever. Um, I have to always be... Call it, in other words, the Hippocratic oath is wait, 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 wait. Then it's bringing <coughs> oath into vain. Right. So this what do I do? Else. So therefore, no. So, this, so the Gemara says, there's a whole <coughs> tractate on this called the Tractate of Oaths. Okay. She was... And it says, it says, it's not referring to the holiday of Shavuot, it's referring to oaths. So it says there ain't Shavuot Chal Shavuot. That means your first oath held, I have this coffee, I swore to drink it, I have to drink it. My second oath, when I swore not to drink the coffee, doesn't work because you already swore to drink it. So that it can't, an oath can't hold on top of but another you're oath. Okay? You're already oath up. Exactly. Pretty so much. now, says the Gemara, therefore anytime someone swears 
not to do any one of the 613 commandments, his oath doesn't work because he already swore at Sinai mm-hmm. that you're going to do all the 613 commandments. So anytime I swear, if I swear never to cross an old lady in the street, it doesn't, it doesn't work. I still have to cross the old lady in the street. It causes a mitzvah to cross, to cross the old lady. Yeah. So this raises a very important issue about nice thing. medicine in general, which is what set of guidelines do you consult when you're confronted if you recognize that this is a moral or ethical issue? Do you consult the Hippocratic Oath? Do you consult Halakha? Do you consult a lawyer? Who do you go to when you have a difficult issue? Leave the law out of it because that's a whole separate issue. But what, what book do you go to to make your decision? That's why we study here to kind of find out what the Halakha is. But, but you know, mo- I can tell you we're dealing with students all the time that they have no clue and they certainly would not consider consulting religious uh, guidance unless they happen to be religious, which some of them are. But that's essentially the issue, the oath, Hippocratic oath. No, but here's versus a Holocaust. different problem. Here you have a contradiction. Or in another case, if technically speaking, Catholic, the Pope. Right, exactly. It's, it's Who do you consult? Because they do have. This comes up in conscious clauses with abortion, Wait, euthanasia, you're all talking the time. Depends which one came first. And not necessarily. Why are you even thought? asking for, for a Catholic? A Catholic doesn't care. Doesn't care about if it. they're no, Catholic, they're not going to care. No, it depends what. what who do you turn to when you conf- when you if you have the sechel to even acknowledge you have an ethical issue in front of you? Most people just blow them off. But if you if you have if you have a situation like this, who do you consult? In this case, you write a rabbi. But most doctors, who do they turn to for these kind of tough issues? Most of the time, I think they just ignore them. But it's an important issue. Yes, what, very important. But, but, what, but, but what here it's, I'm not sure it's exactly what you're saying because here you have a different question. <coughs> I have, I, I, he's someone who's observant. He wants to go with halacha. It's not a question for Wait, uh, What the question is? I have a contradiction in halacha itself because the Torah tells me I can't violate my oath. I took an oath when I graduated medical school not to reveal confidentialities. Right. Halacha that's, tells me I have to uphold my oath. It's a non-oath. Okay, that's no, the answer. Don't put a saying, the question book. is not your question of. How do I, who do I consult? No, question it here is. is no, it one is. second. There is such a question. I'm not saying the question doesn't exist. The question here is not the question. Here we have an observant doctor. He has no question. He wants to do whatever halacha tells him to do. He has a contradiction within halacha, two areas of halacha. One area of halacha says, one verse in Torah says you got to rescue your friend and reveal information. But he already took an oath, and one of the Ten Commandments says you can't violate your oath. So you have a contradiction within halacha itself. So that's the question. Who do you consult when you have a contradiction? Not but consult, not, what do you do? And it's it's the not even one. that complicated. In, in the Tanakh, it you says, right, uh, uh, Malach David, he swore to not attack certain people, right? And then when his... Uh, he was uh, turning over the air, uh, uh, to uh, the kingship. He told him, I swore I wouldn't kill them, but you go and do it. Okay, so that's a way out. So that's the question. What is there so a way out? So you find somebody else that didn't oh, take okay, the oath, so and you tell good, them, and they point, go and tell them. Point, but let's see what he says. And that so. does get because you can't tell anybody. You can't get some oh, somebody Let's say a family member knows, right? It's a valid point. Right. Someone mentioned that before. So uh, let's see. But let's see what he answers. He says, the, the Ramah says explicitly, like you're saying, that, that when I swore not to reveal information, and now the Torah is requiring me to reveal it, that's what's called a shvua, um, whose language is... That's the cloud, which is, I swore to to nullify a mitzvah. That doesn't work. I swore to, to violate Shabbat. doesn't help. You're swearing, your oath is nothing. That's number one. So he says it's explicit. Um, and then he says, um, so, so here too, um, 
He says there's no question that wouldn't affect this ruling here. So he gets into the nitty gritty of the laws of Oz, which we're not going to get into. Um, and he brings the source for it. He says basically, but he says, now according to this Ramah, that when you took your Hippocratic oath, it didn't, it wasn't chal, it means it didn't take effect on this situation. Because when it comes to this situation here, I swore against doing a requirement of the Torah. He says, listen, it's better as a physician, since you did take an oath, better to go get what's called a Tarat Nedarim, which means when you, you go to a Betin, or it could be any three Joshua's, it doesn't have to be a real Betin, any three... Uh, um, that we do on Erev Rosh Hashanah, <laughs> and you, you're matiot. You're saying, if I would have known this at the time I took the oath, I would never have taken this oath. Okay, and that that invalidates retroactively the oath. Wow. So you're saying it's better to do that. It's a huge loophole. Yes, major loophole. Okay, uh, Judaism is. <laughs> <laughs> you have a new okay. concept. With so he says better to do that. Now, he says really you don't have to. One second, really you don't have to because again, your oath didn't take effect in this situation, but if you're able to do that, it's better, why not yeah. cover your base? And then those three people go to the opposing government and you still lose your job and you're going to jail. No, Does he ever get to the legal question? One second, no. one second. Um, so again, let's finish this response. Mm. It says, Lord Kolamer, at the end of the day, based on everything we said, Hamaskana, the bottom line is, according to my opinion, there's no question you have to reveal the Bachur, um, and uh, second, let's skip something here. He says you have to reveal it. Um, again, he says best to go to 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 get your if you could nullify your oath. Um, that's the best thing. Again, this is what you were bringing up before. He says, but I want to give you some advice. Um, some good advice. Who's that? Going to plastic surgery. <laughs> before you reveal it to this fiance. Um, either way, whichever, if you're going, man, man, whoever you're revealing it to, Yasmin, a love is You should invite the this woman into your office. The Yasberla, Noam, and and explain to her in nice language. that because of the halacha, you have to, you have a, the din Torah is you have to reveal it to your fiance. So penal yidei kain by by by. Trying to convince her, maybe she was. If you're going to reveal it anyway, so maybe she'll do it to save the relationship, and that, that might help. Nowadays, and also will save face for her and her embarrassment and humiliation if he finds out from someone else. And if she doesn't want to listen to him, then you're clean. You don't have to worry. You did what you you did your part. She says, "My is Israel." Um, um, and you have to reveal it again to prevent this terrible relationship from happening okay. he doesn't get here to the legal issues but um, meaning so that's a different question which we maybe will address of, of how much do I have to risk when I'm revealing the information um, how much monetarily meaning if I'm going to get sued if I'm going to lose my job or what we discussed also many moons and many years ago was let's say you're a school therapist and this girl reveals that she has this disease and if you go ahead and reveal it no no more students will come to you if you're the school counselor right. no one's going to come to you once they know you're revealing information so now you're you're that here is a different question where you're 
the question is, do you save the individual versus the whole Community. society? Because you have the whole school. No, no students will, start, will come to you anymore if they know you reveal you're telling the parents that this girl is sexually active or whatever the case is. So, so that becomes a whole different issue. So there's a lot yeah, of this schools. comes up. Has anybody ever had to confronted this problem? I can't be the only one with that. No, you go, you go to the patient. You say, look, Torah says I need to tell so and so. You need to go to the. He's just saying to that because Here, you took I, it out. This is to, to alleviate your oath to cover your bases. But that's not helping you reveal. You have to. You're the one who. Mm-hmm. Has to the the reality is. It depends on how close to you, in reality, it depends on how close to you the person in need of the information is. Well, that, now it'll never be real because doctor-patient relationship is shot anyway. But yeah. the guy comes, he's got HIV, he's married, his wife doesn't know either he's bisexual or he has AIDS. Do you tell him? Tell the wife? They have restrictors now. The wife? There's no... Yeah, the guy yeah, so is bisexual we'll get HIV. We'll get the wife? You, you must tell his wife? Couple of weeks we we'll discuss that. That's if somebody you, that's you a whole different the question. You know, the that can save a life for sure. If the health department will have knocked on the door, the insurance company would have called them. Maybe she was in there. Yeah. Okay, so we'll get we'll get to that. That's a whole different question. Am I obligated to get to that? We're talking more about where this so the husband doing something wrong or vice versa. So that's a different question. First, let me. So now I found another response from the same rabbi. Um, in written in 1976, actually, to Dr. Steinberg, um, where Dr. Steinberg posed a number of questions. Two of the questions, uh, one of the questions relevant to us. I suppose three questions here. Two are not relevant to our topic, but the middle question is, in Mutter Lerofe, let's say a, a doctor, can he testify in court about his patient? And the question was based on, again, the, Hippoc- on the oath, the Hippocratic oath, or whatever oath the doctor took, um, where, he, where he took an oath not to reveal confidentialities, patient confidentialities. Um, does that have any effect on this? And is there and another question, which is part of the same question, is, is an interesting question, which he says, what about if you're in a teaching hospital, you're a doctor in a teaching hospital, and you are doing rounds, and you are revealing um, patient information um, on the rounds to the students who the patient never consented to, that, to, to, give, to the students to get that information. That was that was his two questions. There was just an article in the Chronicle the other day about non-consensual pelvic exams on women. You know, they're under anesthesia for one pers- for one reason or another, and you troop in a whole bunch of medical students to do a pelvic exam on her, which used to be done pretty routinely. I have to tell you. Yeah, so that's Not that's anymore. a cyber question was posed there again. So two questions. Um, one is is uh, the question of testifying in court, and the second question is revealing uh, students. So the the court question. Um, he addresses here again at length where more or less he says similar to what we said that since if there's an obligation to testify in court that's also there's a halachic obligation many times to testify in court um, Jewish court or, or you know whatever the case is but meaning if, if I have testimony that can help either defense or prosecution um, even in, in, in Western law we have a subpoena and they have this concept of subpoena in Jewish law, but you're obligated to tell it. Same reason, because if you could save this person either from going to jail or from, from a, some other penalty, you have to go testify. Okay, so it's the same thing. Meaning, so therefore he discusses again at length there that the, your your oath that you took, your Hippocratic oath of revealing confidentiality, didn't take effect in this situation because the Torah tells you you're obligated to testify. That's yes. surprising. You think if a bet then is calling you, they know 
that they're asking you to override your oath, and it's a moot point because they must know. But you, yeah. so this doctor saying basically, don't well, also, well, I don't know if he's talking about a bet here per se. He might be talking a about a court of law okay. in Israel. Yeah. Let me see if he mentions an interesting question. He says, He sounds like not a bet, meaning okay. secular court so in Israel right. called him to call Dr. Starbuck to testify. We can ask Dr. Starbuck what the case was exactly. Um, so that Steinberg posed this question to the rabbi. Again, this is 1976. Um, and, uh, rabbi, does yes. the subpoena override confidentiality? That's the question. Well, it's not even a subpoena. Uh, but I mean, that's, it, I mean, that's where they Yeah, to yes. That's I, really the I, question. I, I, yes. That is the question. Yes. And I don't know. You can always go to jail. Huh? <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I wish I knew. I don't know what I'm going to do ever. Some people are worse about than anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so what about the other half of the question? Yeah, so we're yes out of time. Uh, sometimes and now and sometimes. Thank God. Um, but every week's a cliffhanger. So, but we're gonna. So, so as far as the as far as subpoena, he says yes. Same thing applies. Your Hippocratic oath doesn't doesn't uh, work in the, for this case, even though partial meaning. He's not saying the whole oath is out the window, and he explains here in detail. Meaning it could work when you take an oath, what's called a a, a, a oath cloud, meaning a general oath, and it includes many things. So it could work for this and not for that. So the parts that are relevant that are not against the Torah work. The parts that are about the Torah, he says, don't, uh, don't, that are going against the law of the Torah, don't work. Okay. The Torah says, now, in the second part about speaking with students, he also is going to address that. Um, 